Cardassia. It's Assimilate This, a podcast for players and fans of the Star Trek CCG. Today on the show, continuing committee chairman Charlie Plain, a card preview from first edition, and the music of Hot Fiction. And now, here's your host, Daniel Madison. Thank you, Allison Cagle, and thanks everyone for joining me. Welcome to Assimilate This, Episode 3. I'm really excited about this one. I've got a very special guest today. We're going to talk to the chairman, Charlie Plain, and uh, discuss the upcoming year for Trek CC, and uh, maybe we'll try to wrangle a spoiler out of him, too. Uh, We'll get to him in just a few moments. First, I thought I'd talk briefly about some recent tournaments. Um, Due to a scheduling snafu, we didn't end up making it to the Orlando tournament I talked about uh, last episode. Uh, but we did play a 2E event here at home on the 6th. We had seven players, and TK, not surprisingly, was the winner, uh, going 3-0, and running a speed TNG deck. Uh, I came in second. Uh, I was running TOS, and I went 2-1, and uh, losing only to TK in the finals. Um, this, plus the Tribbles event afterward, were the last two... Uh, second half league events for us, and uh, we have seven players total qualified for our league playoff events in February and March. Um, we've already scheduled our last uh, couple of events, um, our last four, actually. Uh, I'm very excited, because uh, our next one's going to be a 1E event on February 16th. Uh, we're going to be taking a cue from U.S. Nationals West and playing a Collector's Tin Draft. Uh, if you've listened to any Section 31 episodes over the last uh, few weeks, you know um, how popular and uh, how fun the, the draft has been uh, there in San Diego uh, the two times they've done it. So we're going to do it here. I do have a, a silver-bordered premiere set. I've been sitting on it for several months. Uh, so we're going to draft it. And we're going to draft some virtual boosters and some pack-era boosters. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully we can get some players out here for that. If you've got any plans of being in Florida in February, you should uh, you should check this event out. Um, our final 2E event for the league is going to be a standard constructed event uh, on March 24th, plus triples, of course. Um, we had discussed trying something different, some some big epic final league event like we did, like we're doing for One E. Uh, but in in the end, uh, I decided to just go standard uh, and have. Uh, uh, a competitive, uh, constructed event to close things out, and there was talk about doing another, uh, ID draft in Infinite Diversity, and, uh, I'm thinking we might do that for regionals, we'll, we'll see how, how things shake out. Uh, anyway, after that event, we will determine our league champion and, uh, give away some prizes. Um, in online play, I just finished up the Treaty Tournament, and, uh, I won. Sort of. Um, I went... 2-0, uh, it was, you know, as you might know, it was a, it was a series of four different events, each with four players, and each was round-robin style, and each of us was assigned one of the 16 treaties at random, um, so I had three opponents, I went 2-0, and, uh, couldn't get a game set up 
with the third opponent, so um, that game ended up being awarded to me as well. Uh, so, technically went undefeated and ended up winning the event. Um, I had a lot of fun with this deck. Uh, I was assigned the Federation Cardassian Treaty, uh, and I ended up building a deck using Continuing Mission and uh, trying the TNG Cardassian route, and I used the new Engage Cardassians. Uh, I had Finest Screw in the Fleet as uh, my primary play engine, and I used... Um, Holodeck Doors and some of the Barash Icon people to get some free plays in there as well. Um, and I threw a few tricks in. Uh, one thing I discovered was that uh, I could use assigned support personnel four times uh, in an all-TNG deck with Dominion War efforts in play because um, there are three Cardassian support personnel uh, that have the TNG property logo, and then so I could get those three, and then I could use it a fourth time and get a Federation personnel. So I did have I did have that in there. Um, my dilemmas were very strongly capture based, and they were very effective. That uh, they, they always managed to get a couple of people. And once I had captives, I was using cards like Labor Camp and Awaiting Trial and some of the. 2e cards that haven't been converted that take advantage of having a captive, especially Labor Camp, which scores you 10 points a turn. So I tried to, you know, the idea was to just try to solve a couple of quick, easy missions and then just rack up points with Labor Camp. Uh, and for the most part, it works. Um, I'm uh, looking forward to, you know, obviously I'm doing some other events too, but I'm looking forward to my next online 2e event, which starts uh, February 1st. Uh, we're going to try Sealed Play, which I haven't seen done online before, at least not for TUI. Um, so we'll be assigning players a TUI Premier or Call to Arms starter at random, uh, plus four boosters from the same set, whichever one you get assigned, uh, and two boosters of Necessary Evil. So, um... If you want to try some 2E Sealed, uh, get yourself signed up for that before the first. Uh, it looks like it'll be something fun and uh, different from the norm online. Girl, I don't want you to leave, but you're making me go. I was a man in need, now I can hurt no guest today has been the chairman of the continuing committee since its inception five years ago, and it's a great honor to have him here. Charlie Plain, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. Uh, really glad to have you here. Uh, what do you feel were uh, among uh, Trek CC's uh, more notable accomplishments in, in 2012? Well, I think we have to say... Uh, the successful world championship in Australia has to be the big highlight of 2012. Mm -hmm. Matthias and all of his team did just an incredibly good job putting that event together and running that. Um, we learned some really good lessons about what to do and what not to do. And I know, I know some people were disappointed that we did it in 2012 and not 2013. Um, I think we, you know, can take what we what we learned about that and plan for the future, but they they really knocked it out of the park, and all 
all reports from all the attendees were that the event was amazing and fun and congratulations to them for pulling that off and and I think you know being the first game the cipher game to ever run an event down there down in uh, Australia and and to run a world championship in in Europe uh, 2 years ago mm. it just shows we really do have a global community and uh we're pretty much dedicated to keeping it spread to keep the the big events all around the the world as, yeah. as often as we can so um you said you said that uh some people were hoping it would be in 2013 was that a was that a case of not enough notice for some people I, I definitely think that was the major reason that that uh people felt we didn't give them enough time to plan for the trip and and there were there were definitely people that said if i had more time i would go and i completely understand that yeah and, and, uh, especially and we, like america america to australia that's a big trip that's a that's a big undertaking to 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 plan for something like that. Absolutely. And, and kudos to those that did go and were able to make it. And I think we definitely could have had more people go if we'd waited. Um, but they were, so, they were so dedicated and eager and they really had put in the best bid of anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we went with it. And once we'd announced it, you know, we weren't going to backpedal on it. So I, I think that I've talked to James Hoskin, who's our director of organized play. And he and I are both in agreement that, we need to do a better job of announcing big events earlier. So that's something that we are working actively on doing. Um, we would we would like to have at a minimum the location of the next year's world championship locked down and announced at the previous years. So we're, when we announce, you know, when we're at 2013 Worlds, we want to be telling everybody where 2014 Worlds is at the latest. So yeah. I, I think that we can improve. Um, I, I think there are some people that that want to see it go U.S., not U.S., U.S., not U.S., and that was some of the motivation behind not wanting to go Australia in 2012. Although that doesn't, you know, we had we had it in the U.S. in 2011, but mm-hmm. it was in the U.S. forever, and, and I think that's the expectation is that people want it to be in the U.S. Um, I don't know that that's going to happen. I don't know how we're going to rotate it again. I sort of empowered James. To take over, like one of the, one of the other things I did in 2012 as an interesting bridge topic was, uh, I've really done a lot of work delegating and and offloading responsibility from me doing it to other people doing it. That was one thing I was going to uh, bring up was uh, uh, there the, there were a number of uh, changes that happened this year, and one of them. Uh, was that there were uh, several uh, staffing positions that either changed or were added. So yeah, yeah, there was there was a lot of delegating done. Um, yes, definitely. Uh, but as I, I'm getting to that in just a moment, um, mm-hmm. I, I told James that you know when we're going to do worlds and where is really pretty much up to him. So uh, I, I don't I don't know if we're going to go. U.S., Europe, Australia, and rotate, or or U.S., Europe, U.S., Australia, and rotate, or if it's just going to be bids every year, I'm not I'm not sure, but uh, I I trust him to do his job and make it fair and exciting and and uh, but yes, <laughs> getting back to your your second question, we we did do we did three pretty significant hires, four actually pretty significant hires, um, in the past year year and a half. Mm-hmm. The first one was. Uh, First edition brand manager, it's uh, Jordan Young, 
Kraken Phoenix. He's been doing a really good job. Um, I was not doing so good of a job of getting out of his way early on, and I know it frustrated <laughs> him. So, And I've apologized to him, and I, I'll apologize again. Sorry, Jordan. But <laughs> I, I have gotten out of his way for the most part, and he's been doing a good job of, of keeping first edition people in place and happy and projects on task. Um, one of his responsibilities was then was to hire a new first edition uh, rules master, which we just did, John. Right. And um, it's it's kind of you know he's only been in the position a couple months at this point and hasn't had the chance to really do much. But I'm I'm confident that Jordan and his selection committee made the best choice and that uh, things will will be taken care of in that department. You know, so far, so far, he seems like, uh, from what I know of John, he seems like uh, he's trying to be proactive, and uh, he, he's trying to get some things moving. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't know him real well, so I'm looking forward to talking to him more and, and working with him uh, over the next few months on on some Project Snape and and Deep Space Nine block and mm-hmm. a few other interesting things, but. Um, you know, having him in that position, having somebody in that position, uh, is pretty nice to have. Um, we also brought in a full-time writing manager, um, Dave Runyon. David Runyon was doing that position temporarily. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also the first edition creative director, and uh, he he I offered him the position of writing manager, and he turned it down because he wanted to focus on writing. So. We found Jay, and there were a couple good candidates, but I thought Jay had some uh, pretty good ideas, and I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more content on the website in 2013. Uh, and then me not having to do, take care of it is going to be pretty nice. And then, <laughs> and then our last person that we brought in recently was um, Jeremy uh, Benedict from as the chief ambassador. Oh yes, and having having that is going to be nice. Um. Because, you know, the ambassadors were all there and and I felt like they were being underused because there was really nobody taking care of them. You know, and I would go and post information to them every now and then, but but they were just kind of floundering. You know, we had identified all these people as ambassadors and not really done anything with them. And having somebody tasked with being their liaison and being a point of contact is, is great. Jeremy's done a good job already, you know, recruiting some new ambassadors to fill gaps and uh, we're really going to be looking to do more with that program in 2013 so that's you know sort of four 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 pies i had my fingers in that that i i got rid of that responsibility this year and i'm Mm -hmm. um, bringing in a second edition brand manager is, is is a priority for me as well i i i have the person who i want to do it in mind and it's just been difficult to get things lined up to get them brought in and start them doing the doing the work but uh, i'm hopeful by this time next year there will be a second edition brand manager as well and then i can just sort of steer the ship without having to do all this other work too sure sure all right um as i said though you know um i started getting into the that there were a number of things that happened uh over the past year um such as the staffing changes uh, and 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 the uh, addition of new staff, and uh, there were some other things going on. Not all of them were about card design. There were you know new achievements added. There were 
changes to uh, the virtual promo system. There were changes to the raffle system, which are more more 2013, but they were announced a little early. Uh, but you know, it all just uh, goes to stand out that. Uh, the Trek CC community uh, is constantly evolving and, you know, there's things, there's things in the works and there are things that, uh, things that happen every year to uh, kind of, uh, kind of shape the community. Um, Do you see, do you see more changes going forward? Do you have some things in mind that uh, you'd like to see happen? Oh, well, (laughs) wow. That's a big question. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Uh, (laughs) I mean, we're always working on things, you know. We've 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 got we've got plans and and ideas in motion, you know, years ahead of when we implement them. Sometimes, a um, good example would be TNG block. That was the, the idea of of sort of the nebulous tentative ideas of block design were put, you know, first suggested two years before we actually were able to put them together. Um, so, I mean, that, that's type of the thing, you know, we're talking right now about, uh, blocks four, five, and six, you know, we haven't really, and I, I know I'm talking about card design now, but, you know, <laughs> we're always working ahead. Um, other things, you know, achievements are going to continue to get regular updates. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing, um, our 2013 organized play review, you know, internally, a couple years ago, we had a big formal um, review with everybody in the public and, and solicited opinions and made a bunch of changes based on that. And so we we do that internally every year now, too. So we're looking at what changes and tweaks we want to make for organized play um, in, in this year and next. Um, we are in the process of ironing down our uh, event promos mm-hmm. for the year. Um we are in the process of getting regionals ready to go. That will be happening soon, I'm told. The applications will be happening soon. Oh, good. Um, we're also looking, constantly looking for um, new opportunities and new, new and exciting things that we can do uh, to bring the game to new people, to reintroduce old players, and uh, to to uh, innovate interesting ways to get cards in the hands of people that need them. I'm really excited about the new raffle. I think that's going to be just really great for everybody and uh, easier on Dan and and our staff as well. So, yeah, um, it's it is less to send out, not having to send the physical tickets, and uh, it's less work on the tournament directors too because the, the the system is is just done automatically now. Yeah. So and uh, it, it should actually put out more tickets and more prizes each year. Mm-hmm. So it should be interesting. It's a little something extra that keep and uh, keeps uh, keeps people interested, keeps people playing, you know. And uh, just the I like the the addition of the bonus ticket uh, that was added kind of after the fact, but uh, gives people another reason to want to put their deck lists out there. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep that thread bookmarked on my website for uh, for on my uh, browser for every time somebody says that we don't listen to people uh you know because we 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 that's a pretty clear example of 
you guys had made a suggestion that we thought was reasonable. We implemented it. I mean, mm-hmm. it went from an idea to done in like 48 hours, if that. And that's pretty neat. And we have some, you know, Chris Lobin is an amazing, amazing guy, and he does everything he does for free. And, yeah. our, uh, you know, our website is phenomenal for, for considering it costs, you know, nobody got paid to make that. It's been running for five years with, you know, very few problems. But uh, yeah, we you know we have this, the bonus tickets. I think you're exactly right. It's it's going to get more tickets in the hands of players that need them, uh, or that can better use the prizes, and it's another incentive to get more deck lists. Yeah. Which which you know the achievement system was phenomenal for that. It's uh, you know we really do look at deck lists and you know card frequency and card use when we sit down to design cards. I was so, gonna say that's that's got to work both ways. If if people are posting deck lists, that helps the players uh, look at what's popular and give them some ideas. But it, yeah, I I'm sure it also helps uh, the design team as well and and the rules team to a point to uh, be able to see what's popular or what's what may be a little uh, unbalanced and uh, what they need to look at. Absolutely, and so much so that you know we. Uh... We have a, a, a sub-theme in our next 2E expansion of um, underused cards, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And and we used, you know, the statistics about how often cards show up in decks to help us decide what cards were underused and what weren't. And so that's like a direct, you know, example of, of that data that we wouldn't have had without people using, putting in their deck lists, influencing the cards that we make in the future, so... Awesome. Um, well, you brought up uh, you brought up the block format and uh, how you it was a couple years in coming. Um, now that it's out there, and now that it's been out there for the majority of a year, I, I, I don't remember when TNG came out, but I, I want to say uh, eight months. It was. Or so? le- I want to say it was last summer. So it's it's yeah it's coming up on a year yeah um, so uh, what are your impressions of uh, how do you feel the player response has been to block format? <laughs> um, I want to say up front that I know and we know that block format is not perfect. Um, it has its issues. Mm-hmm. That being said, there was great tension internally when we were going to announce block format, because we thought it was going to be, we, we really thought it was going to be, the, you know, block format itself was going to be a niche format that one or two play groups that it was really designed for would ever use. And that maybe block sealed would be kind of interesting for like cons and stuff, but it would largely be ignored. It was just going to give us an interesting way to thematically develop expansions. Uh-huh. And when we first put up the article introducing it, the response was just shocking, uh, amazing how how receptive people were to it and how excited people were about it. It was unbelievable, and I think that that's you know been true this whole time too. That you know we never expected people to really bite in the block format like they have, and 
even in spite of the, the flaws of the format, which you know are, are being worked to be addressed, and, and I think will will largely be dealt with with the introduction of uh, DS9 block. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm very happy with the response. I think we learned some lessons about what we could do and what we couldn't do, and we've applied those lessons. But overall, I think it was very successful, and um, I think people are liking it more and more as the days go by. Yeah, I I have to agree. Um, I was one of those people that was very interested to see what would happen uh, after Block was announced, uh, to see where where uh Trek CC was going to go with it and um and i i think for those people that are having issues with it and and yes there are issues with it um it's just a sign that th- those people are are passionate about the game and they do want to see it succeed uh, yeah absolutely i mean i mean there there are all manner of complaints about everything that we do or everything that we don't do, <laughs> and I think it's like that with any game, though. I think any any decision is going to have players that agree and players that disagree. I agree. I completely agree. <laughs> um, it's it's the way it is. Uh, we 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 sort of learned, and it's a hard lesson to learn. But we've learned we cannot make everybody happy. We are never going to make everybody happy. Um, you know, we we've sort of we we take it as we're not the dictators of things, but we've sort of been entrusted mm-hmm. to guide the game. And as long as we've been entrusted to guide the game, we're going to guide the game. And we can't really worry about four or five people or or one or two playgroups that don't like what we're doing. If we start getting into you know seventy five percent of the playgroups are are telling us, or even fifty percent of the playgroups are telling us this isn't what we like to do, what we like to see, we can make adjustments, but you know, if if we need to do something, if we feel if we feel that we need to do something, we've sort of decided that you know we need to trust ourselves to to be the shepherds of the game mm-hmm. and listen to what the community is telling us, but not you know jump when the community when 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 a, a couple of very loud people on the forums say jump, we don't necessarily need to listen because if one person is telling us we need to jump higher. There's probably at least as many people that like the way we're jumping right now, and five times as many people that don't care. So, you know, we need to just be careful yeah. about the feedback that we get and our processing of it. Um, I am, uh, I am personally excited to see um, what blocks look. What sorry, what block looks like? Uh, as you said, when we get to DS9 block, or at least the first set of that block, because. Um, you know, by then that'll be another big set, I think, and then we'll have you'll have the interaction between different types of DS9 decks. You'll have um, TNG decks versus Deep Space Nine decks. So I think there'll be a lot more options open in block when that when that set comes around. Um, absolutely. I, I mean, one of the complaints about block is that right there is that it's you know there's only four decks you can play. Uh, really, I mean. But and and really the part of the other complaint that I one of the other complaints is that you know block zero doesn't work real well with block one. Well, that's kind of it doesn't it wasn't meant to. Right. You know yes you can technically play Starfleet in block and you can technically play Enterprise E in block, but they're not really well developed and that that's not going to lead to. I mean, certain players are going to be very attracted to that, you know, uh, but other players are going to be very frustrated by that. Mm -hmm. 
when that block rotates out next year, next next block this year, mm-hmm. uh, it's that's that's all going to go away, and then you're going to have TNG and Deep Space Nine, and Deep Space Nine offers, you know, several different affiliations that didn't appear in Deep, Deep Space Nine, haven't gotten a lot of cards in the virtual expansions. Um, and you're right, you know, now now you now you can have DS9 feds versus TNG feds and, and Klingons versus Bajorans and interesting things like that. And that'll freshen up the meta. Yeah. Uh, you won't have cards that really weren't designed to be in block. Um, that's not entirely true because we had, we had to fudge it a little bit for TNG, but with Deep Space Nine, it's going to be you know, we're going to make it very internal. So it's it's really designed to work together. So I think that by the time we get to blocks two and blocks three, when TNG rotates out, all of the, you know, the sort of chuffa that wasn't ever supposed to be in block will be mostly gone, and it'll really be grooving at that point. But um, the other big complaint about block that I've heard is lack of missions, and we're working on that. Yeah. We, we, we know that that's a problem. Uh, I lost a tournament because I had a seven mission, an eight mission space line, <laughs> and my opponent solved every planet mission, and I was like, "Well, that sucks." So uh, I'm very well aware of how irritating that is. We have already have a plan in place to deal with that. So I think that come this time next year, Black will be a lot more fun, a lot more stable, a lot more competitive, and hopefully it will stay that way as the blocks rotate out. Awesome! Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so well, looking back on uh, TNG block so far, uh, you can't really talk about it without talking about continuing mission. And really, uh, if there was one card that got the player base talking uh, this year more than any other card, that would have to be the one. Um, Are you... uh, Are you pleased with the the success of this card? Do you... you, uh, I know it's got a lot of people uh, uh, talking over how balanced it is or how balanced it should be. Do you feel comfortable with uh, with the card as it is? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, we had never really done... The only thing that we'd done that even was close to what Continuing Mission does was uh, the, the Enterprise-E card. And uh, that came from, you know... The flagship card? Yeah, the Federation flagship, re- not renewed. Yeah, renewed. The uh, the first one relaunched and relaunched. Yeah, it was. You know, it came from the desire that these these guys have been around since first contact, which was you know two thousand, and they've always been just terrible, just terrible. So we wanted to make them interesting, and I think that was an inter- that was one way to do it. That was, uh, you know, Jason Ramonet, our previous designer, and and Dan Hammond and myself. We had all sat down, and Alan Gould, the former rules master, we had all sort of agreed that um, we didn't want to turn 1E into 2E, but there were some valuable lessons that we could learn from 2E that maybe, that, you know, 2E did a few things really well. And the one thing that 2E did really, really well was splitting up the Federation. Yeah. And 
you know, we, it's too late to go back and sort of retroactively do that. We're never, ever, ever. I'm going to put this on record now so that when somebody complains about it, I can go point this to the podcast. We are never, ever, 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 ever going to going to take away the Mega Federation deck, which is what we call, you know, Kirk, Picard, Cisco, Janeway, all running around together, mm-hmm. having a great time, all that stuff. Um, we wanted to make it so that you had to make some interesting choices. Choices. Uh, and limits, I believe, are great for the game. Uh, not everybody agrees with me, but um, uh, an idol of mine says that limits create creativity, and I completely agree that that's true. And so when you're limited to only people with TNG or Generations as a property logo, you can't lean on some of your crutch personnel, and so you need to be more creative mm-hmm. when you're building your deck. And I think that was the place from which we were coming when we made Continuing Mission. Now, the, there's questions about power... You know, we had this. We have this model for what the baseline uh, rate of play and draw should be, and we're still pretty happy with it. Um, maybe continuing mission is a little good. Maybe um, I, I will say that you know we've we've got a lot of data on continuing mission, and as we're working on Deep Space Nine, we're not necessarily going to do things exactly the same as we've done them before. Um, you know, if if the rate of, of draw is too good, that's something we can limit. If the the only TNG or else prohibition is too strong, that's something we can change. Um, I think our job as designers for Deep Space Nine is to make sure that when we're testing Deep Space Nine, we're testing it against where we want TNG to be and not where it is, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So if we if we sort of decide continuing mission is too good, it needs to be one drawn, not two. When we build the Eps nine, we sort of need to to test it to that point and, and make sure that we're setting it to that level. So I'm not I'm not really gonna say one way or the other if if continuing mission is too good or too underpowered or if it's too limiting or not limiting enough. I, I think that there's a lot of different opinions on that depending on who you ask. And some playgroups will say that, you know, it's 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 completely lame and you shouldn't have restrictions like that. Other playgroups will say this is really exciting. I don't know. But I think that we need to just make sure that we always remember that we're not infallible and we may have made a mistake and that maybe we want to do Deep Space Nine differently or when we, and, 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 you know, we definitely want to do Mirror differently when, it, when we come to that. And, mm-hmm. and I just think the big thing is you know, Voyager was already kind of separated out with the Delta Quadrant. Right. TOS was kind of separated out even even twice, you know, with movie and, and original series. But, but TNG and DS9 were the ones that were never really pulled apart, you know. And, and if, you, if you separate out TNG feds and separate out DS9 feds, you're kind of done splitting up the Federation. Yeah. And at that point, I, I don't know that past Deep Space Nine we would ever do something like what we're doing right now. It it is it is sort of a sort of a crutch design wise to say, oh, this blows up if you use something you shouldn't. You know, and I'm not sure that that's a mechanic we should keep using. Um, so I just said a lot of words. I'm not sure I answered <laughs> your question, but no, no, it's fine. Um, but it 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 works uh, it works within the confines of of that block and that. Uh, 
that that theme that you've got and and yeah maybe ds9 will follow a different theme i think uh i would say that it's and and i've had this discussion with a number of people but i think it's fair compared to delta quadrant <laughs> yeah that's not the greatest benchmark though you know no, delta, quadrant, no, no. delta quadrant was so good for so long um the last thing we ever wanted to do was escalate everybody up to that level Right, and you know, it, but it's come down some. It, well, it, we've you know we've worked to bring it down some, and yeah, I think oh, the yeah. fact that I think the fact that Ferengi won this past Continental Championship and World Championship instead of a Delta Quadrant, you know, Klingons won last year, and Ferengi won this year, so that's two years in a row that Delta Quadrant hasn't won. So I definitely think that even if they're st- and they're still really good because they still win tournaments, and and mm-hmm. you know, I saw at Continentals last year there were two Delta Quadrant decks that that came real close and there was one in the top four so it's not like they're bad oh, right, but right. Uh, you know the last thing we wanted to do was start printing you know everybody with six and seven skill dots and three classifications and and <laughs> seven different ways to report for free we, it's not we're not interested in that and that's never something that we ever want to do right it, it needs to be the it needs I- to be reasonable the so. idea is that they is that all of the different deck types should be competitive Right, and I th- I think you can take, um, I think there are one or two deck types right now that are a little better than everybody else. I mean, I definitely think um, no one will be surprised if I said that Ferengi military operations might be a little good. <laughs> um, continuing mission might be a little good. It, it's not overpowering, but it might be a little good. And yeah. then um, we'll go from, you know, we're, we're going to keep looking at it, but I, I think that you know, there are a couple affiliations right now that are just, you know, bad, but they're on our list, you know, Dominion, really hard to play, really bad. They're going to get a whole, you know, new set of stuff here soon in the next block. Uh, mm-hmm. KCA, Terran Empire, pretty bad. Terran Empire is actually pretty good. KCA, pretty bad. Uh, they're going to get their time to shine in block three. So, um, you know, Bajorans, Cardassians, Maquis, for, for once, will finally be around hopefully so that would be nice to see and yeah that uh, that's that's good that that you know you, you we're looking at the big picture and you know these uh, these affiliations are are uh getting a boost right now but you know the other ones will get their time yeah. right and and and, and that, that i guess that's one of the big disadvantages of black format is that you know if you're a huge if you're a huge Dominion fan, you really haven't gotten much this past year. Right. Um, and if you're a huge Kazon fan, you might not get much for a long time. I don't know why you'd... Well, you just got Kazon Voyager, so... I mean, they that's got bad, something, you know, but, yeah. <laughs> but, like, like, like TOS isn't really on our radar right now. Right. You know, at least not that, you know, nothing that we've announced. And if we do something with them, it's going to be at least three more years before it, they get a whole expansion dedicated to it. Right. That doesn't mean we can't dribble in cards... Kazon Voyager being the perfect example, you know, that had nothing to do with Romulans and Engage, but it was something that that affiliation desperately needed. Yeah. So we gave it to them. It's nice uh, to know that you can, that you're still able to toss some things out for some of the other players here and there. Oh, yeah. It was never, you know, Black was never meant to be, it's only going to be these cards. And, and if there was one flaw, I think, in Engage, is that it was too much Romulan. And nothing for you know Feds, Ferengi, Klingons, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've we've addressed that a little bit in Snape. There's a little bit of every color in the block, so hopefully that will be 
uh, a good end cap to TNG block. That's good to hear. And and tee us up for for DS9. So awesome. Okay. Um, now uh, we talked about one E, and by comparison, uh, second edition um, kind of had a lean year in 2012 as compared to one E, and that it just had. Uh, uh, one expan one full expansion plus uh plus the the tapestry which was a a smaller set um what uh what do you have in the works for 2e uh in the next year um well we have uh you know it was a lean year last year um uh-huh. project cobalt got delayed a couple times um tapestry came out, which it took longer than we thought it was going to take, so that delayed Cobalt. And Cobalt took took longer than we thought it was going to take, so it, it it was supposed to be out in December. I think it's probably going to be out soon. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to commit to a date, but... Uh, I understand. I know it's it's been handed to Art. Um, testing is pretty much done. We've pretty much locked in our 54. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's an interesting expansion. I'm I will talk more about it as we get ready to release it, but it hasn't been internally. It has not been the most popular expansion we've done um, for a couple different reasons. I, I think it's great. I think there's some really good cards in it. I think we've done some different things. Uh, I think that it's not the kind of expansion that a lot of people wanted it to be. Um, and that's not a bad thing either. I think it's the kind of expansion that the game is going to need right now um, and sets us up to do some really interesting things with our next couple expansions. Uh, I'm, I'm picturing Bane in my Bane's voice in my head. <laughs> it's not the expansion Tui needs. <laughs> it, 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 it's, I don't, I don't want to badmouth it because it's not a bad expansion. There's some really cool cards in there. There's some really good cards in there that, that the, the competitive players are going to like. But... Um, you know, just for a couple of reasons, some of the testers just didn't like it. Some of the rules guys just didn't like it. I, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, everybody has different expectations for what they want. Um, and, and when I say the play testers didn't like it, and the rules guys doesn't like it, that doesn't mean they think it. They they had problems that we ignored. They just don't like it. And and I think some of them have made peace with it. And when we explain some things, things are better. I'm really. I really should not be saying any of this. It's it's a great expansion. It's going to be really exciting. Uh, um, it's it's sort of a nice end cap to the last three that were all, all very uh, player friendly mm-hmm. and not necessarily high end competitive. Uh, we had a we had a expansion a couple of years ago called Peak Performance that came out right before Worlds, and there was a couple controversial cards that that led to a crazy deck that that uh gave people some problems and and we had we had been consistently making these expansions more and more powerful more and more powerful and i think we hit the wall with that one and um since then you know brad Brad left as the lead designer and i took over and we stepped back and uh the last sort of competitive set that we made was tacking into the wind and then after we did Unity and Lineage and Tapestry and, and then uh, Project Cobalt coming up that are all sort of very um, stepped down from that level of power on purpose 
because I want, you know, each one of those expansions had a new person working on it. You know, from Tacking of the Wind had a new designer. It was uh, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Unity was Kevin Yeager. Lineage was... Oh, man. I feel bad. I can't remember who did it with me. Uh, who worked on Lineage with me? I'm looking it up right now because I feel terrible. Um, oh, man. Oh, Lineage was Kevin Yeager. Who was Unity? Lineage was me, Kevin, and Richard New. Sorry, I've got all of these facts. I've done so many of these things, they all kind of run together. Unity was somebody. It was me and Tyler. Oh, Tacking was Keith. That was right. Tacking was Keith Morris. He was the first Make It So winner. Okay. Then Tyler Foltz worked on Unity with us. Uh, then Kevin did Lineage, and then Cobalt has Mark Morris, who was the second Make It So winner, and John Corbett. So two new designers. <clears throat> so it, it's it's in, it's in, it's different. It's interesting. You know, there's good cards in there. Um, but we we sort of done a year of like we're gonna do new people and kind of not let crazy get too crazy. But I think starting with our next expansion, we're intentionally gonna be like, all right, we've done casual Timmy Johnny expansions for a year and a half, two years. Let's let's try to make something that's more competitive. So I think that 2013 will be more of a competitive expansion year versus 2011 and 2012 being more um, player-friendly casual. Okay. And there's, there, there's the absolute need for both of those things in every expansion in different degrees. So. Oh, definitely. And just because a, uh, an expansion is more casual friendly doesn't mean there aren't going to be competitive cards in it absolutely there are there are definitely competitive cards in project cobalt that are um part of our uh response to the past year's championship season you know there's been some errata there will be more errata Mm -hmm. um and there's going to be new cards that are directly meant to address that too so okay and there's uh and there's that theme of, uh, I guess it's a temporal theme. Yeah, um, I sort of thought it would be. It's been a long time since we've sort of gone back to that. I mean, it, it kind of went to that direction with In a Mirror Darkly with mm-hmm. uh, Mirror Universe, but um, you know, time, future, past, all that was. I think it's really interesting. There's a lot of rich material to draw from. Yeah. Uh, so we've gone and, and and made you know not I won't say every card in the expansion is is past future AU but there's a lot of you know past and future stuff there's a the federation gets a lot of cards because they're like you know they're always involved in time travel sure. but there's a there's a past group of federation cards and a future group of federation cards and um, past and future characters from all the affiliations that we can come up with and then the the cycle I mentioned earlier of um, bad cards made it more interesting. That mm-hmm. sort of came from, you know, we're going to travel back into 2E's past and sort of take another crack at some of these cards Okay. type, type of a feel. So the whole set is just very temporally. Um, it's interesting. I so. do feel it, it. it's 
it's nice to see an overarching theme in the expansion because I mean that that's that's important. Not every card has to fit the theme, but it's nice that the card has the, that the set has a theme. Otherwise, it's just um, here's fifty four random cards. <laughs> well, and and you know we 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 did that in the last you know five expansions. We did you know tacking was all ships. Yeah, unity was teams. Uh, lineage was species. Tapestry was TNG. This is going to be you know time. The next couple are probably going to be less like point to one thing that this is about. It's going to be more of like toolbox expansions where it's like mm-hmm. here's a bunch of stuff. Not as not as neatly, you know. What what you leave behind was kind of like that. It's like here's a bunch of stuff. <laughs> you know, there right. was a forty there was a forty mission theme in there too, but it's it's. Right. Do you feel um, going forward that it becomes more difficult uh, to find? Uh, a theme or an idea to base an expansion around because you know with the printed sets usually you can point to a set and say oh well that was the the that was the set where they brought in the borg and that was the set where they brought in starfleet and so usually you have something major in in a set that that you can point to and say well that's what that was the big deal with this set uh do you do you feel like it's, it's more difficult to do that going forward when you're not adding more affiliations um, I think it's harder to 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 describe the set, perhaps, but I don't think it's harder to to build a set. I mean, you, you, there's always cards that the game needs, and 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 there's always cards that you can put in. You know, we have we have hundreds of cards in our cut file. We have um, we have a, a a thing on the designer board called the idea file, which is just sort of if you get an idea, you can just write it down here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean I don't think we ever going to want for card ideas, but yeah I mean we can't really it's not you can't really necessarily appoint to a set and be like oh that's Starfleet oh that's Voyager, um, you know this 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 past year you know we, it was it was easier with a team set because you could go oh that was the Bajoran Resistance set or that was the that was the Equinox set but mm-hmm. but you know we're kind of I'm not saying we're retiring teams because we love teams but uh, we want to give teams a break really mm-hmm. and uh, there. I don't know. I think yeah, it, it might be harder and harder to say we're gonna make a, a an X Y set. You know, we're gonna make an easily describable expansion. I just think yeah. we have to um, make them as good as we can then and see how they work. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There's always ideas. <laughs> if I don't have an idea, somebody else will have an idea. So I mean, we could probably end up making you know, specifically themed sets for another 10 years before we really ran out of ideas. So. Yeah. It seems like you've, it seems like you've been, uh, you've been hitting them so far. So yeah. <laughs> covered our bases uh i got i do have one last thing to ask uh did you happen to bring anything for me i don't know what you're talking about 
Oh, come on, Charlie. You can't uh you you, you can't come on to a podcast uh without a a, a spoiler of of some sort. Uh, you, you are the chairman. Uh <laughs> What well, makes you think I'm working on any expansions? No, no all right, fine. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I have a spoiler. Just for the you. ones we've um, been talking about. <laughs> I, I have to say up front, Mike, that uh, this is subject to change. This expansion is not done and locked in, so this is not guaranteed. Okay. But uh, this card was mentioned on episode 169 of section 31. It is a Universal Federation personnel called Martinez. Okay, so this is a 1E card. This is a 1E card from the upcoming Project Snape. I, I heard that episode and they weren't sure. <laughs> yes, it is a 1E card. All right. Um, it is from First Contact. It is, it is not from TNG, as people speculated. Uh, it has the First Contact property logo. And on the right side of the card, the First Contact expansion icon. I see. So it'll work with uh, Federation Flagship Relaunched. It absolutely will. Nice. Uh, the personnel has a staff icon and medical classification. The lore is currently longtime nurse serving under Beverly Crusher. He helped evacuate sickbay when the USS Enterprise E was attacked by the Borg in 2373. Okay, so he's he a nurse. A, he's a nurse. He is a support personnel. He has yep. biology and transporter skill, which is an interesting combination. Yes, it is. But and. Uh, Key skills for certain. Definitely key skills, um, especially with some of the cards that will be coming in Snape. Hint. Uh, <laughs> he has integrity of eight, cunning of seven, and strength of six. All right. Sounds good. So that is Martinez. Sounds like uh, he can uh, help fill some holes with the uh, Federation flagship deck. I know, uh, I, I know I've hit Medical Crisis many times in the last year <laughs> so it's an excellent card it'll it'll probably reprint and show up again in a future block but yeah it's a good card and it could be tough to pass yeah that and uh and of course uh now would be a good time it's another key one so having the transporter skill is is a good one too mm-hmm. all right uh well thank you for the spoiler and uh Thank you for your time today. Uh, it was great talking with you. Not a problem. I'm always happy to talk with people. Um, my PM box, my chat room time, my email is always open. Uh, everybody is always welcome to get a hold of me with any thoughts and ideas or concerns. And we will do my best to uh, listen and talk to you. So, And... Um, might just be bringing back my podcast here in the future too. So, <laughs> Joy, re- rejoin the, commu- the the podcast community. <laughs> well, people keep saying they need more stuff to listen to on their drives to work. So, yeah, why not? All right, <laughs> all right. Well, Charlie, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay.
It's beautiful But I don't need to see it Alright, that's our show for today. Thanks so much to Charlie Plain for his time. It was great to have him here. Charlie, come back anytime. Also, uh, thanks to Hot Fiction for their awesome music. And special thanks to Allison Cagle, Corbin Johnson, and Thomas Kimura. If you have any questions or comments, or if there's someone you'd like to hear on the show, you can message me on the boards or follow me on Twitter at OKCoyote. We'll see you soon with another episode, but for now, this is Daniel Madison, Ending Transmission. Star Trek in All Forms is copyright and trademark of CBS Paramount Studios, which has no affiliation with this podcast or trekcc.org. This podcast is for nonprofit use only. Special thanks to Hot Fiction for their theme song Started Off, as well as additional music used during the show. Look them up at hotfiction.co.uk. Thanks also to Corbin Johnson for production assistance. For questions or comments, send a message to OK Coyote on the Trek CC forums. Until next time, this is Allison Cagle signing off for Assimilate This. No matter what I did. Hello. I am the very model of a modern major general. I have information, animal, vegetable, and mineral. Something about battles categorical. I forget the rest of the lyrics because that's a really hard song to sing. So. <laughs>